Welcome back to Sports Dump, Lewis County's only sports podcast, sponsored by Elam's Home Furnishings and Sleep Center, as well as our friends at Global Septic. I'm apparently interim sports editor Aaron Vantile, joined tonight by Chronicle sports reporter Alec Dietz, and it's that special time of year. Yeah. That time of year where we eyeball the calendar and think, you know what, in like four days, this will all be over. It'll be summer. <laughs> And the skies are blue. The living's easy. Well, you, All you got to worry is about. You're going to jinx me with that, man. You, you should not have brought <laughs> weather into this. A little bit of summer baseball. Uh, yeah, speaking of weather, um, I checked the report today and like a 50% chance of rain Saturday at between like one and five in Yakima. You're kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh. Um, I was like, oh, surely the weather's going to be fine in Yakima this time of year. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. So fingers crossed that that doesn't affect any big games that might be happening between the hours of one and five in Yakima (laughs) on Saturday, which could entail uh, every single state championship. WFS baseball and softball, of course. And, you know, maybe some important local teams at the 2B level playing for a state softball championship. But before we get to all that, Alec, you spent the day out on the golf course. The last I'm two sure, days. The last two days on the golf course, I'm sure wearing your finest linens, um, enjoying uh, cocktails while watching the the endeavors of our local athletes on the course, correct? Yes. Oh, yes. My pinky was raised the entire time. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you covered it. It sounded like it was pretty exciting. Um you were primarily at Capital City Golf Course in Olympia, right? Yep, for the boys' two A tournament. And you went up there. You shot it. Yes, you shot both the two A boys and the two A girls yesterday. The girls were a few minutes away at Tumwater Valley. Mm-hmm. Which course is nicer? Uh, you know, to be honest, they both aren't great. I think. Wow. Um, <laughs> well, the athletes told me as much, so <laughs> okay. they weren't thrilled. I, I think they were thrilled that it was close. Like all the, it, I think the entire Wasson family was there to, to watch Cole and I would imagine and Vaughn. Um, but so cool that it was close by. They didn't have to do the hotel thing, but, um, yeah, I don't, you know, there, there were some course issues, um, that I'm sure maybe we'll get into later. All right. So the headline, Vaughn Wasson of Centralia, he's a sophomore. He finished fourth in the two A's. Was he technically, he was technically tied for fourth, right? Tied for fourth. Okay. Uh, he was in the lead after day one, which is incredible. Like we don't get that a lot around here. The last time we've had a golfer that was kind of a projected favorite in the two A tournament, at least specifically the two A tournament was Brady Calkins. And I think that was 2013 and he finished second. Is he, what Matt Clovedal told me. That sounds about right. And then there was a kid in 92 that won it from Chehalis. I, the name is blanking me. Obviously not a kid anymore. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, probably a full-grown, <laughs> uh, nearing retirement adult, really. Uh, yes, but they did have a state champ in 92. Okay, I can't think of who that is off the top of my head. I was nine, um, I but I'm was, sure they were great. Yes, I'm sure they were. Uh, Brady Calkins, by the way, finished second in the state golf tournament and was quite pissed off. And he went to Yakima a few days later and won a state baseball championship. He was the ace pitcher on their baseball team. Huh? There Um, was, there was some controversy at, at state golf. I I was talking about our our TDN buddies and an RA long guy got disqualified because he signed off on the scorecard and his marker had one of his holes incorrect. 
and yeah, he just yeah. blindly signed off on it. So he got disqualified. Yeah, I've seen that. And I he denied same, an interview and was very upset. So the uh, the same thing happened. It uh, when I was in high school, I played golf. I was not good. We'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> But at the district tournament my senior year, there was a kid from Raymond that was really good. His name was Travis Stark, uh, stud like basketball player, also a big, hilarious golfer. I played with him a few times. Cool guy. <laughs> and he was probably the best golfer in the district, and he did the same thing. He signed off on an incorrect card, and somebody pointed it out, oh, and he was out. Brutal. Sucked. That's just brutal. Justice for poor Travis Stark. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Von Wasson, how did his round go today? So he... He had a really tough start. Very first hole, I think it was it was right from you know the tee off. He hit a ball into a tree, and it just never came down. Mm-hmm. And he had to take a two stroke penalty right off the bat. That um, sucks. Which is just killer. And he he said it kind of affected him for the first couple holes until he settled down and and got back into it. He's a pretty even keeled kid, you know. Talking to him and even seeing him play basketball and and baseball. Um, he's pretty level headed. So, you know, he settled down and ended up just three over par, which is like, I mean, really impressive for a teenager um, to kind of settle down after, after a tough start like that. And um, yeah, ended up uh, shooting a 75 on day two after a 69 on, um, on Tuesday. Yeah. So finished fourth, his group, uh, the two kids that were in his group, which was the last group ended up doing a, a, whatever a playoff um, sudden death type situation for the state championship. I think the white river kid won. Uh, yes, indeed. The winner was Zach Miller from white river who finished it at one forty two. Wasson was one forty four, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, two strokes out of first place as a, he's a sophomore, right? Yeah. Like that's not bad. And like he was he's doing, it, he's doing great. He was pretty pissed. He, he is <laughs> good his, for him. His quotes were kind of like, I should have won this thing. And I, I'm, you know, uh, he, he, I, I let it off with my story after it all ended and they made the announcement for the playoff and stuff. He just stared at the scoreboard for like five minutes. Yeah. So, um, pretty competitive kid. Uh, his brother Cole Watson finished 26th at 158. Cole, is he a junior or senior? He's a senior, okay. but he's golfing at Grace Harbor community college next year. Cool. Um, yeah, he's pretty good. He, uh, had the same score over two days, 79. Also not really happy. Um, you know, in certain ways he, he kind of had a bunch of stuff working against him, apparently like, you know, issue with a pine cone or like his ball hitting a pine yeah. cone or Those something. Things are happening at state golf. Right, right. Right. Like, you know, it's two days, stuff can happen. So the, um, wasn't completely happy. Didn't think he played his best golf, but still being, uh, whatever, 26th, um, man, that's better than I could do. Um, it's much better than I could do as well. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, we'll run through some quick other golf highlights first. WFS Natalie Eklund on the girls' side was 28th in the 2A championships. She shot a 186 over two days. Tom Waters' Lily McCauley was second at 142. Brooke Julianis of White River won it. Uh, I think she shot a 141. Yeah. In the 1B, 2B championships, they're combined. Adna's Braden Salmi shot a 169 to finish tied for 15th. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good for a hooper. Yeah. Uh, the winner was Dan Harrington from something called the Chesterton Academy of Notre Dame, which sounds like a prank. Uh, if I, I, I looked up their like website or something and they, it's like Hogwarts. They have like, you know, sigils for like different like <laughs> groups or something and they all represent something. 
uh, did, is truly wild. Did just you clicking on that link trigger a credit check to make sure Probably. you were rich enough to access <laughs> to even that view the website? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty crazy. Uh, anyway, Chesterton Dan Harrington shot a one forty four. Um, I also just for fun, I checked the one A state tournament leaderboard, and the kid that got dead last in the one A's shot a one oh nine which is the first time in a while I've checked the 1A leaderboard and saw that somebody was worse than me back in 2001. <laughs> uh, I golfed for Adna, shot a 107 at the state tournament, came in dead last, and folks, it was not close. <laughs> um, and so leading off from that, uh, you were talking a little bit before we started recording about golf etiquette and things like that and covering golf. Yeah. Um, was it a little different than covering baseball or basketball or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the... it. I, I, you know, I was telling the the coaches who are kind of trailing behind and stuff, and I was just chatting with them, seeing scores and stuff. And I was like, I feel horrible, like getting right in the background and my, you know, camera clicking in the back and stuff. And they were always like, oh, you know, these kids aren't paying attention. You know, they've got, uh, there's like houses right along the course and yeah. there's people lo- mowing their lawns and dogs barking and stuff. So it's not a huge deal, but um, yeah, it's, it's quiet. It's, it's unlike many sports that we cover there's passion there but it's it's a weird kind of passion uh when i was playing at the state tournament and again i was a god-awful golfer i just <laughs> happened to get lucky at districts and had like the round of my life and wound up at state completely out of my element and my parents came out to watch because it's a big, it's a big yeah, deal when yeah. your kid goes to state yeah and my parents are phenomenal, but they're not country club people i was not by any stretch of the imagination like a country club kid yeah and so on one hole, there's one of the kids that I was playing with. I think he wound up finishing like fifth. He was very good. He was bragging to me about how he worked in a pro shop and like um, cor- melted down his own four iron to get it to a true like 14 degrees. And I was like, <laughs> look, man, mine's got a like a big ball on it because my dad <laughs> welded it back together when I threw it in a river. <laughs> and so like this is the early days of cell phones. And my dad gets a phone call. Is this kid's like on the T block? And so his phone rings and he just picks it up and starts talking. Yeah, I'm at the state golf tournament. I don't know. Some kid's about to tee off and the kid like stops and it, everybody's just looking at him. Oh man. It was a wild time. Oh, brutal. Um, yeah, nobody was sad to see me not make the cut. <laughs> I got a, I got a call from Todd Millis in the middle of the first day. Cause he was trying to ask about some, some <laughs> scoop on softball or something. And I'm like, Todd, I, I don't think I can pick this up. What do you how, need? How was Todd doing? He's good. He's good. He was putting together uh, like top hitters in the playoffs thing. And he was asking me about the the two A's. And I told him Savannah Hawkins, she can hit the ball. She's a slugger. They'll walk her. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Uh, at the at the state golf tournament, uh, you know, I assume you had you stayed well hydrated. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what, were, what were the bathrooms like up there? Uh, you know, when I could find one, you know, uh, they were okay. I mean, it, it's a country club, you know, you'd, you'd expect to, they have the best, the best country clubs hire global septic. True. Uh, global septic, of course, provides, like Riverside Riverside. Yeah, of course. Provides septic service and portable sanitation for all your favorite counties in Washington, Thurston, Lewis, Mason, Cowlitz, and of course, Grays Harbor County. Global Septic can hook you up with septic pumping, inspection and riser installations, as well as commercial septic pumping, the all-important grease trap services. Uh, they will obviously rent you a porta potty obviously. and provide portal sinks, portable sinks. Visit GlobalSeptic.com or call 360-736-2167 to learn more. 
from there, I guess we can talk baseball. Okay. Uh, did you cover any baseball this weekend? Uh, yeah. Did, did <laughs> I think you? I've covered everything. <laughs> I mean, I, I shot it at least. I oh, took you did? Photos. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. You shot the Napa Mine game. Yeah. Uh, as yeah. well as like eight hours of softball later that day. That's true. It was a long... Saturday was a long day. Saturday was Fun a long day. day. It, it, it was an interesting day. Oh, yeah. Uh, Napa Vine, their, their hot run came to an end in the 2B regional playoffs. They lost to Colfax. Um, we talked about it. It's tough to beat a team twice. It is tough to beat a team twice. And Colfax threw kind of a lanky younger kid, kind of had them off balance a little bit. They were ready for kind of their hard throwing older kid. Um, Lefty, I think. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they were down, I think 10, nothing heading into the bottom of the seventh and then scored five runs. Like as soon as they switched pitchers, <laughs> Um, which is one of those moments where like, if you're watching, you're just, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> um, a tough end of the season for Napa Vine, but they kind of overachieved at the end there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I honestly, I think, you know, uh, Brian Demers, their coach would be pretty honest and said they, you know, made it a lot further and a lot of people expected them to, they finished sixth in the C2B, yeah. um, which was considered kind of, I think, a down year at the time. And then they, you know, run the district gauntlet. They hand tootle their only loss to a 2B team in the last two years. And um, so a lot of good memories for that team. And, uh, you know, one loss obviously doesn't make a season. Also, like, yeah, Napavine lost in regionals. And they didn't make it to the Final Four. But every member of that Napavine baseball team is going to be able to dine out on the fact that they beat Jackson Cox in the yeah. district championship game, because eventually like his name's going to pop up in headlines or the draft or whatever he winds up doing. And yep. every so often he's going to pop up when one of those kids is sitting around, like looking at Twitter or watching some kind of highlight show. And they're going to be like, Hey, see that kid. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, like maybe that's better than making the final four. It's that like age old debate where it's like, if you're, you know, I don't know what's the best example of this, but like a rivalry, like say like you're, you're WSU, would you rather like lose to UW, but win a Pac-12 championship or beat UW and lose every other game? Like, yeah. Kind of like that debate. Yeah. Like, I think they have a better story for having beating, beaten Tootle Lake in the district finals. Yeah, I agree. Um, also in the two B regional round of the state baseball playoffs, Toledo lost to Chewila. Tough. That sucks. Um, yeah, yeah we had, uh, our friend Brandon Hanson there and he had a lovely time covering the game. Uh, good run for Toledo as well. First year coach Matt Gall, of course, was the C2BL coach of the year. Um, he actually, I had forgotten this, but he used to play for Napvine coach, Brian Demers. Demers was the coach at, I think he coached Toledo Winlock when they were a combined program for a while when Mac was in high school. Yeah. So I think he's been on his staff a little bit too in the past. Yeah. So. He's worked with him a little bit. Um, and so like, yeah, it's fun to see that like, you know, a local kids coming back and kind of building the program up in Toledo. Uh, not that they've been like. Like they haven't been in the cellar forever. They want to stay title like five years ago. Right. Like they're right, fine. Right. They're fine. But, but still coming back and giving yeah. back to the community and the kids and stuff. I think like it's the coolest thing when, um, you know, you look at like Ryan Schlesser too over at Tenino where he mm -hmm. went to school there. He knows the town. He knows the hallways. Like he knows exactly what all those kids have gone through. Like it's just got to be cooler for the kids to have. I mean, obviously they can't BS him with stuff because he knows. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's cool when you can kind of relate to a coach like that that's kind of been through the same stuff you've been through. Yeah, it's always cool to see. 
Um, and then one other local baseball team was playing on Saturday. Um, I, d- I didn't hear how they did. Have you have you heard anything about WFS baseball? They're out, right? No, I had no idea. <laughs> uh, was there the a big Bearcats. softball game, I think? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Bearcats beat Anacortes. They upset Anacortes. WFS was the nine seed. Anacortes was the eight. Uh, upset them in the first round. And then... 14-2. to 14-2. Hammered them. Yeah. And then we were all expecting, like... WFS, they're going to play North Kitsap. Number one, North Kitsap. Surely, like, that's going to be a tough one to beat. Nobody can beat North Kitsap. They're number one. Well, number 16 seed, White River, who came out of nowhere and <laughs> beat North Kitsap in the opener, turned around and lost to WFS. Terrible so job, So the Bearcats are heading to the job. final four. Yeah, where they get to play... Tumwater. Tumwater. They're, they're dear, sweet friends, Tumwater, <laughs> who we all know so well. Um, and ironically, like... I was kind of game. Look, I've done this a long time and I was kind of game planning things out last week, looking at the brackets being like, all right, what's our best chance of like seeing a team winning and moving to the final four. We want to have coverage of that. And it came to the WFS game. And I was like, look, like they're good. They're capable of doing it, of course, but like number one, they're in the bracket with the number one team. Right. Like what are the, the odds are pretty far out there. Yeah. And they made us look like fools. And by us, I mean me. They pretty decisively made it. I mean, you know, Brian Bullock was right. He said he didn't think there were eight teams better than them. And he so was far, correct. he has proven that I, it was it was all the stuff I was talking about last week with their resume, you know, being what it is. I thought they were pretty lowly seated. Not that it was totally outlandish that they were the ninth seed, but I yeah. was like, hey, like they beat Afreda. Number the number five seed, you know they they beat Sela, who I know didn't make the state tournament, but obviously is a powerhouse program. You know yeah, they've been around. Lost to got swept by Tumwater, who is the number four seed. Oh, that's so horrible! And then yeah. lost in sort of flukish fashion to Columbia River in the district semis. So being the nine seed coming out of district four, and then on top of that, guess three of the four teams in the final four are from district four. Yeah, that's true. Um, and there was a really good chance Shelton. Uh, almost beat Ellensburg in that first round. It could have been all four from District Four. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, they were seated a little bit low, but hey, it worked out. And um, you know, they they knew they'd probably have to beat Tumwater to get a state championship anyway. That's that team is going to be a tough out with three Division One pitchers. Yeah. So you know, might as well see them in the in the semis, and they're pretty they're guaranteed to place. Yeah, um, they will be top four, um, so, which they have been plenty of times before. Yep. Um, and also like I talked to Bullock on Sunday night about this a little bit and he was just saying like, look, baseball's tough to seed, right? Like, because you're going to see a different pitcher, you know, every one of those two games, it's very tough. Like coaches go in with plans about who they're going to throw game one. Do you save your ace for game two in case you get there? All those little intricacies, like anything can happen. So it really is. I did. I agree with him. It is the toughest sport to seed. It's, uh, yeah. And so like that kind of proved itself in the, the two B, the two a bracket. Right. Well. It, it's hard to, I, I jokingly said the seating committee messed up, but I don't think anyone could have predicted white river was going to beat North Kitsap, mm-hmm. you know, like that kind of stuff just happens. Like you said, pitching matchups, whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, and I don't know, it, it is hard to seed. I, I get that. And like, I've covered a lot of baseball over the years and I've never, like I've covered several, what, four five state championship baseball teams. None of them were undefeated. You never see an undefeated run for a baseball team. Right. Like even WF West in like 2010, they were phenomenal. They weren't undefeated. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, 
I mean, look at Tootle. I don't, I don't think to, I don't, I think Tootle is going to win a state championship in two B. Yeah. Um, I think they will too. And they lost a game to Napa Vine and I don't even think there's no shame in that. Gave a game. In Waco, like that's just going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to win every single game in baseball. It's, uh, baseball's weird. It is weird. All right. Um, state softball is also coming up. We've got teams in the two, a tournament in Sela. Yes. Beautiful Carlon Park. Yep. And we've got teams in Yakima at the Gateway Sports Complex. Yes. Let's start with the two A's. WF West won a wild game with Tumwater on Friday night for the District 4 Championship. The link to the story is loading, although I shouldn't need it as I wrote the story. You were there. Uh, yes, <laughs> I was there. Uh, Brielle Letter and Avalon Myers had big hits in the bottom of the seventh, top of the seventh inning. And WFOSP Tumwater 4-2. It was a wild game. It was a pitcher's duel until, what was it, the sixth. bottom of the sixth? Yeah. Tumwater's um, Jalen Manriquez hit a home run to put him ahead. Yeah, and like that happened, and I was like, oh, like I guess this is, that was the big hit. Mark that down. Circle that in the old scorebook because that was <laughs> clearly the key hit of the game and ain't nothing else going to happen in this one. Yeah. Things did happen in that one. Um, yeah, WFS came back and won it. Uh, great game by then. What did, what did you think of the game? You were there as well. Yeah, I think like you said, sort of a pitcher's duel. I never felt like either pitcher was completely in control all game. You know, Mm -hmm. they, they got themselves out of a lot of jams throughout. Um, you know, they give up a walk or two and then like strike out the side or something. It, It was one of those kind of situations. So I always felt like there was the capability for like, it wasn't one of those games you're watching where you're like, Oh my God! No one's going to score a run in this thing for yeah, inning yeah. upon inning. Like they, the both teams had chances. So, um, uh, it was fun. It was fun. I was uh, in the WF West dugout um, in that seventh inning, taking photos, and uh, yeah, it, it got pretty loud. They they were hyped yeah. up. I think they kind of felt it. Um, Etter tied it up. Um, I think it was just a single. It was like a two RBI single, or maybe it was a double. I think it was a two-run single. Two-run single, and then um, they walked Savannah Hawkins, and I think they they kind of felt it at that point. It, like it sort of felt like, oh, there's just no way that they're not going to put more runs on the board and and take yeah. the lead. And then and then that Cami Dacus, their pitcher, was going to kind of shut them down. Yeah, I think that confidence kind of kicked in. Really experienced crew. I mean, it's wild. They haven't played in the state tournament since 2019 because that was the last time there was a state tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you kind of take that for granted with WFS because they've been there every year since what 2003, I think, something or crazy like that. Yeah, I think it's 2003. So this anyway, team doesn't have a lot of state experience. I mean, really, like you're looking yeah. at uh, Cami Dacus. I, was Brianna Crosby a big factor on when she was a freshman? I know Dacus was the starting pitcher. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, you're looking at a team that doesn't really have a lot of that. Yeah, and not that many teams in state are going to yeah, have that Nobody experience. really does at this point. So it'll be really interesting to see how, how everybody looks, you know, when they're playing over in Sela and the stakes are just a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, in the other big 2A district tournament game, Rochester beat Aberdeen. Yep. To make state for the first time since 2000, 2002. So they would have qualified last year because they played in the district championship, but obviously they didn't get to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, first time since 2000. 
Um, and just, I think that was the only time they've ever made it before. So, um, really cool for them to make it, especially, you know, given that they didn't get to go last year and they qualified to do it, to be able to double down and, and make it and actually get to make that trip. Um, that's cool for them. Uh, yeah. And they are, the last time they were really close, I think was like probably 2015, 16, when Joni Lancaster, their head coach was playing. Mm. They had like, they played in a state or district play in game. There was some kind of like qualifying game, um, that they were in and it just went really poorly for them. They were really good too. Mm. Um, so yeah, Rochester is in state for the first time in a long time. And take a quick look at the bracket. Ugh, this is going to be my Stephen A. Smith moment. Uh, yeah, I, you are upset about the number of District Four teams in the top half of the bracket, correct? Not even District Four, Evco. They're all Evco teams. It is all Evco teams. All right, so let's run through it real quick. Uh, number eleven, North Kitsap versus number six, Tumwater. Number 14, Rochester versus number three, Linden. Number 10, Cedar Crest versus number seven, Olympic. And then number 15, Squim versus number two, WF West. Let's start there. WF West is a two seed. I was a little one. surprised. I think they should have been one. I'll be there. All right. Who did they lose to this year? Do you actually um, do you know? I, I actually do not know. Lost to Tumwater Tum twice. Lost to Aberdeen once. Okay. You know what? Like we've said before, it's hard to win every single game. It happens. And yeah. then they lost to 4, 4A Olympia. So those are the only teams that they've lost to. They're the district champions and the hardest district in the state. Okay. Um, I've seen those. Othello's the one seed, and no disrespect to Othello, but I've seen the teams that play over in that league, and they're not as good as WFOS, Tumwater, and Rochester. Do you want to name a few of those teams and throw maybe things of that <laughs> nature in there? No. Uh, Ellensburg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Ellensburg, Eisenhower, things of that nature. I, I really think District 4 got disrespected big time. Big time. Ridgefield is a team that lost once. I know their strength of schedule is not hard, but they lost once this year and it was to WF West <laughs> and they're the nine seed nine, like not even top eight in the state. You're saying uh, that's true. A team that lost one game is the nine seed. And honestly, they have the best spot in the entire bracket because they're not going to see any district four teams until they, if they make it to the final, that's true. They might have played number one Othello though. What do we know about Othello? Anything? Yeah, they play in that district, I think five. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming obviously the record is probably pretty good. They've probably beaten up on all those teams over there. Um, mm -hmm. so, but I don't know. I, you know what, you know what we're going to do? We're going to play a quick round of, but who have they but played? Whoever they played. Yeah. Uh, they've lost one game all season to East Valley and it was seven, six. They beat up on Ellensburg. Yeah, they didn't really beat up on it. Well, I guess maybe they beat Grandview. Grandview hammered Grandview. Grandview is one of the worst teams I've ever seen. Hammered Bonacci. Hammered Chief Self. Scored a drop twenty on Chief Self. Um, I don't know. It looks like they just played a lot of bad teams. I just like you got to reward the teams that they grind it out. They play the tough teams. And then beyond that, too, if Rochester gets by Linden, tall order. Linden's very good. They would have to get past Linden. Mm -hmm. guess who they play in the very next round a team they've played four times this season yeah spread them out a little bit like, like the the seating committee was created to avoid this yeah i agree what do you do what what is the, what are you doing here <laughs> seriously though like I, you can move tumwater up a spot to five like i think you could five was the fifth seed. five and 
put them against Lakewood and then drop five to the six and they'll play North Kitsap. Like, that's fine. You could even move Rochester up to 13. I thought they had a good year. I thought they had a strong team. You could yeah. move WF West to one. I mean, or I don't know. You could have yeah, done so many things to avoid putting three teams from the same league who have all played each other four times this year on the same side of the bracket. Yeah, I agree. Like the point of the seating committee is to have some like wild card come in and be like, what if we tweaked this to make it better? Right. That's the reason you have the human element in there. And they did just, just shoot all the district four or all the Evco seeds onto one half of the bracket. And so it's going to be the best team in the Evco against I don't, uh, a fellow. Othello. I could see Ridgefield Maybe. going. I thought they had a pretty good pitcher. They had a pretty good team. Yeah, they've um, historically the last, you know, five, ten years had a pretty good program. So sure. So it's just, yeah, it's 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 disappointing. Not only probably for the schools who are like even even Tumwater, who is who's gotten the best of Rochester four times this year, doesn't want to see Rochester in the second round. And they yeah. might not. There's probably a pretty good chance they get Linden unless they lose that first matchup. But that's just that's just it's brutal and and it's tough for the fans too because I I don't want to go there and uncover Rochester Tumwater for the fifth time this year. Yeah, I agree. There's nothing more disheartening than showing up and being like, "Wow, the state it's so exotic here in Sela. What are we watching? Oh, Rochester Tumwater. Cool." Yeah. Couldn't have seen this back home. Right. And again, like Rochester has to get past Linden and Tumwater has to get past North Kitsap for all that to happen, but the possibility of that even being on the table is is disappointing. Yeah, I agree. All right, from there, let's move to the two Bs. And uh, man, that District 4 championship game. What a banger. Doozy. A doozy. You know, I I got to pat myself on the back. I picked some bangers to cover this year. <laughs> you were worried after the first inning, though. I yeah, saw the worry in your eyes. You, you were like, and, why did I come here? What? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, was, I mean, I going in, I was like, I, I, this should be a really good game. And then the first, just the top half of the first inning, I was like, oh my God, this is the best softball program I have ever laid eyes upon. <laughs> um, Adna beat PL Willapaw Valley 14, 13 and a game that took three hours. I will never say this again. That softball game was worth three hours. <laughs> that was wild. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I'm pulling up the story here so I can get through what ha- what what happened. Four in the home first runs inning. in the first six so at-bats. in the first inning. Adna's Danica Hallam, who is the granddaughter of PL Valley coach Ken Olson, let off the game. Third pitch of the game hits it out of left field. Everybody's thinking, all right, well, what? wow, what a start. Right. Adams Kendall Humphrey then hit a single. And then Carly Von Moose, the, the whammer herself, uh, hits a two-run homer to left. Again, there are zero outs and three batters have stepped to the plate. It's three-nothing against Peel Willabaugh Valley and Olivia Matlock, who is one of the three best pitchers in the state. Might be least. the best pitcher in the state, honestly. Perhaps the best pitcher in the state. Playing at St. Martin's, very good pitcher. So you're kind of scratching your head there. Uh, Brooklyn loose for Anna comes up next batter also hits a home run to left. Um, there was a strikeout and then the sixth batter of the first inning also hits a home run. Um, so with one out in the top of the first, it is five, nothing. And had they hit four home runs. Yeah. And everybody's just like, what the hell is going on? Um, and then PL Valley, like, I'll be damned. They cut it. They came back. They kind of small balled their way back into it. They, they scratched it out a little bit. Yeah. They kind of work some, work some runs across. Um, and then, you know, 
Adams scored all 14 runs in the first three innings. And then Olivia Matlock started on the mound for PMV, P, not the mound, the circle. Softball. In the circle, yeah. There you go. Started in the circle, left. Danny Shannon came in for a while. Uh, she came back in in the fifth? fourth? Fourth, fifth. She pitched four total innings. Um, came back in, and when she came back in, she kind of shut Adna down. They didn't do a whole lot. They didn't get any runs the rest of the way. Matlock also hit a home run in the bottom of the seventh inning that made it 14-13, and by God, that was a game. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was, was kind of everything it, it was built up to be, I think. Yeah, you know, they had, I talked to both Ken and Bruce Pocklington after the game, and they both said, like, yeah, we tried to get it in during the season. We kept Twice. getting rained out. They had two games scheduled. They both got rained out three or four times. Um, it just never happened. And so Adnan and Peel Valley, both going to state, uh, let's talk about the seating committee before we get into the other C2BL teams going. Yeah. Seating committee. Um, we know who's on it. We're not yes. going to reveal that here, yes. but they C2BL is well represented with two very knowledgeable local softball minds. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, do you think they got it right with the top four seeds? Uh, yeah. The top four are number one is Adna. Yes. Yerne. Yes. I think it's fine that you yes. put Adna number one. Yes. Number two is Warden. Sure. I think that's fine. Number three is PL Valley. And really... They should have been 12. <laughs> I, yeah. I I told you this, but yeah, talking to Ken after the game, he was like, oh, you know, I I just really hope the seating committee, uh, you know, likes what we've done and, you know, takes this game into consideration. And, you know, maybe if we're lucky, they'll put us in the top four. And it's hard to think like, Dude, come on, man. Like, you guys are fine. Yeah. They could have easily put them at second, too. I don't think anyone would have been upset. Yeah, um, I, I, and the two and three are really a coin flip. The important right. thing is that PL Valley is on the opposite side of the bracket from Adna. Yes. Um, and then four is Lake Roosevelt, which in typical Lake Roosevelt fashion has worked its way out of playing a District 4 team in its first game. Congratulations, Lake Roosevelt. You've done it again. Uh, yeah, you got Adna on the bottom half, PL Valley on the top half. You're going to be there. Yep. What are you looking forward to? Um, I'm looking forward to I, the rematch in the state championship. I think, I think there's a pretty dang good chance PWB and Adna are, are going to see each other again. Um, Adna has just got up and down the lineup. Every single one of those players can hit a home run. They're I mean, just mashers, man. There isn't one of them that doesn't have the power to hit a home run. They can yeah. all do it. It's, it's crazy. I don't think I've seen it from a softball team ever that just everywhere down the lineup they can do it. And Carly Von Moose is going to see her fair share of intentional walks. She'll yeah. probably get the Barry Bonds treatment. I, um, I mean, if I was pitching to her, yes, I would just, just put her on first. I'd it's consider fine. moving her up to bat first to avoid <laughs> that. Honestly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Adna's just, and, and I, I think pitching has been a little bit inconsistent for them against really good teams. They, um, Von Moose pitches and, and she throws it really hard and, uh, freshman Ava Sims has been r consistent there and pretty good. Sims started in the game against PWV and then they brought Von Moose in in the fourth or fifth inning. Yeah. Right. So, and I don't even think one of them is, is better than the other kind of deal. They, mm -hmm. They've got the luxury of being able to throw both and, you know, the team having to be able to prep for both, where I think PWV, a lot of people are expecting to see Matlock. You know, they can throw Danny Shannon there to kind of mix it up, but yeah. Matlock's like the ace. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but PWB is the same way. They have a lot of really confident hitters, and um, I think it's going to be those two those two teams again. I think I think it'd be cool if we saw a run from uh, Toledo, who I'm sure we'll talk about their district run and and Rainier as well uh, to see them make a run. But they got they got tough matchups in the first round, and and if they make it in the quarterfinals. Yeah, and I know you're wondering. Who has Warden played? What's their deal? <laughs> Warden got the number two seed, and I believe Ken told you earlier this year they were kind of the 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 favorite out of the East Side. Yes. Um, Warden comes in with a twenty-two and one record, which sounds pretty impressive. Uh, their one loss this year was a three-two loss to Nooksack Valley. So that's a one-A team. Yeah. Beyond that, they have not given up three runs in a game, and. I got to tell you, it's just kind of a big red herring for me. Mm. It does it feel like uh, Okanagan football. It's a little bit. It it kind of feels like a team that's just beat up on. Like they've got one pretty good pitcher, right? And they beat up on a bunch of teams that don't know how to hit their one good pitcher, right? Um, I mean, you've got a twenty nothing win over Clay Alam Roslin, your dear sweet Clay Alam Roslin. They beat Tri Cities Prep thirty to nothing and twenty three to one. Like, look, man. I didn't. I didn't know Warden played in that league. They are not. This is not an iron sharpening iron situation, right? Well, and and if we're being completely fair, it's not like PWV has a really similar. You know, other than being able to do what they did at districts, yeah. They don't. They've I got agree. some similar qualms with the the teams that they're playing over there in the Pacific. They are, but they have scheduled their non league schedule. They had like Eatonville. They had the two what. They the played early season. They played Montesano and they played some three A teams. Yeah, they started off with the two teams up at like Auburn Riverside or whatever it was. Right, right. So, so they have those a couple minglings of of strong yeah. teams, and you know they were able to beat like Toledo in the district tournament, and then they, mm-hmm. um, who do they beat in the second round? They beat a uh, was it Ani? I think, and Ani was a good team. Yeah, Ani was good. Um, and you know, obviously playing neck and neck with Adna, whose resume speaks for itself. You know definitely thinks it's deserved. Yeah. It's kind of surprising to me that the committee didn't go PL Valley at two, just because they're like, look, we lost by one run to Adna. Have right. You see, have you guys seen Adna? Right. Have you seen <laughs> what happens? Um, they should have put us on the committee. Damn it. I, yeah, we've seen Adna. We've seen PW. <laughs> we have seen Adna and by God, all those home runs. We've seen, uh, what a third of the teams in this tournament. So, um, yeah, we did. I, I did have a good time covering that game Saturday night. Um, only the second softball game I've covered this year. Um, the first one was Friday night. Another banger. WF West Tumblr. I said picking pangers. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you were, uh, we were watching the game and the first inning, I think I said something along the lines like, you know, Kyle Von Moose co MVP. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, probably, you know, I think if I were drafting first of players I would like to have on my C2BL softball team, tough to, yeah, <laughs> tough to not take her number one. It would be tough. Yes. Home runs. My God. Yeah. She, yeah, she's, she's good. She's really yeah. good. Um, anyway. Yeah. So looking at the state bracket, PL Valley will play the winner of Toledo and Okanagan. Tough at, for Toledo. Tough for Toledo. I should have dropped them to 12. <laughs> yeah. At two o'clock on Friday, Toledo and Okanagan. Uh, Toledo, they beat what? Coopville. Uh, the last day of the tournament, they had to beat. They lost the first round game at Forks, 
and then they beat Ani to get into the fifth place game. Yes. And then they had to beat Coopville, who's the District 1 champ. I don't even think they did a tournament. I think Coopville just had the best record. Yeah, it was kind of a draw straws thing. To get into state, yeah. Okay. So, And they made state last time it was around in 2019, so no huge hiatus yeah. for them. Okay. And then the other local team, Rainier, is the 10 seed. They will play Liberty out of Spangle, and the winner gets a shot at Warden. Um Sneaky upset? Rainier, if you're going to call a first round upset or a first a quarterfinals, quarterfinals upset, upset, you could do worse than to put some money on Rainier. Sneak it into these semis. Yeah. Rainier, Rainier's had some some struggles against better teams this year. They've they've kind of been in that mode where they've they've beat up or beaten a lot of you know, either bad or kind of mediocre teams and then when they play someone that's really good, they kind of struggle. Um, they got manhandled by Forks um, yeah. twice in the district tournament. So, um, yeah, it'll be tough for them to even get past, I think, Liberty Spangle. But if they do, I, I, they, they got a chance. I think they're definitely more battle-tested than Warden is. So, yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes confidence goes a long way. You know, Warden might be just a supremely confident team and they might ride it all the way. I think Colfax is a team to watch. Um yeah, they just always have really, really solid girls programs over there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being able to play a Lake Roosevelt team at, at that four seed, I could see them kind of getting there. Uh, the other quarterfinal potential matchup, Adna, of course, got the first round bias, the number one seed. They will play the winner of Kittitas Thorpe and Forks. Yep. Already seen the Forks matchup, too. So I, think, I mean, uh, it's, it's unavoidable. There's only 12 teams, so you're yeah. going to see some rematches in the quarterfinals, but... Um, yeah. So, you know, the, I think the, the smart money in Vegas right now is on an Adna PL Valley rematch in the championship game. I, I hope we see it. I'm not going to put money down on it or anything, but right. it would be fun to see. It would be fun to see. I think, uh, I think Adna's got, got an easier path. Um, they just, there's no C2B teams on their side of the bracket, right? Uh, no, there's not. So, yeah, I think, you know, and, and they're the one seed, so they deserve the easiest path, you know, the one seed uh, yeah, on paper. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it, that uh, Toledo PWV, if Toledo gets past Okanagan, is kind of sneaky because Toledo gave PWV a scare on the first day of the district they were, tournament. It was tied 4-4 after four or five innings, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, heading yeah. into the sixth, and then PWV scored three in the sixth. So, um, but like we talked about before, it's tough to beat a team twice. Um, and you know, baseball is weird. Softball also weird. Not as weird as baseball. Right. Pretty weird. Right. So, um, yeah, if I, if I were a betting man, I'd, 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 I think Adno were a near lock to get in. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think I'm confident in PWV, but I could also see there's some trip ups there maybe. Yeah. Okay. And that's Um, no disrespect. You know, people have been taking some of the stuff I've been saying is disrespectful. Can't believe how disrespectful you've been to the PWV. They're so very far. good. They're very They're good. Extremely softball. good. Yeah, it's just sports. You know, uh, when you get home from a long day of covering sports, what uh, what do you like to do to relax? I like to sleep. You like to sleep? I like to sleep. Yeah. Well, have you been to see our friends at Elam's Home Furnishings and Sleep Center? It's on the checklist. You got to get over there, man. Yeah. Check out all their stuff. You could save up to $1,000 on select iComfort by Serta trademark adjustable sets. 
Wow. $1,000. Can you imagine how well you would sleep knowing you'd save $1,000? I could put that $1,000 like into the mattress. Yeah. You could just stuff it under the mattress. Uh, Like this is all the money I saved sleeping (laughs) on you, baby. Um, Of course, Elam's Home Furnishings offers the best deals to all of our listeners and people. You know, even if you don't listen, go over there, get yourself a deal. Spread um, the word. Yeah. Uh, you can go see him. 1530 South Gold Street in Centralia. Give him a call. Be like, hey, what's the deal? 360-807-1211. Send him an email. Info at elamshf.com. And we're going to take a quick break. All right. We're back to wrap up this edition of Sports Dump. And we've got... Uh, wrap-ups available online about the state track tournament and the state tennis playoffs. State track starts Thursday at both Mount Tahoma High School if you're a 2A athlete or Eastern Washington University in Cheney if you're a 2B or 1B or 1A athlete. And the small schools just got the, the way better deal. They, Would you it, rather go to Lakewood or play at a literal college venue like Eastern Washington University and the beautiful uh, Roos Field up there. I think that might be the biggest track arena in the state because Husky Stadium doesn't have their track anymore. They took it out with the stadium renovation. Wow. And I have Martin Stadium. Like they don't have like a big venue. So I think, yeah, small schools. That's it. I'll be damned. Playing at the big track. All right. Speaking of track, you wrote up some preview stuff. Uh, two A's. Who should people be watching out for? Who's going to maybe win some stuff? Yeah, a couple of Shahalis kids. I like think Seth Hoff uh, has kind of had a breakout end of the season. Well, breakout. I, I think he was really, he was expected to do really well and, you know, maybe just was kind of meandering through the regular season and, and kind of turned it on. You know, track is such an interesting sport because, like, you could qualify for districts your first meet if you're good enough and you're like, all right, I'm in districts. Like, what do I really need to be doing? I could kind of do some other events. I could do some other stuff. So, um, anyway, so like, you know, he wasn't PRing or anything. And then he'd like PRs in four events at district championships. I think he won two, three or four of them, um, and qualified for four events, all field events. So he's one to look out for. I think there were long jump, pole vault, high jump, and, What's the last one? Javelin? Jav, yes. Yeah. Yes. And he ranks in the top five in a couple of categories. So um, I think pole vault and javelin. So he'll be one to watch. And then uh, the duo from WF West, uh, Kyla McCallum and Cambria Simper have been going back and forth on PRs for the javelin all year. And I think, I think, I think Simper won the league title and um, McCallum won the district title. Um, yeah, she and won districts at one seventeen eleven. Right, so they're uh, and I think they're like second and third in the state or something like that. So um, they'll they'll be ones to watch at the two A level. Okay, one uh, A's. You've got Gavin Watson and Trinity Tafoya. Yeah, uh, Tonino's only send in um, those two and their four their boys four by one team. So yeah, um, Tafoya I think is ranked near the top in the shot put and Gavin Watson's been a, a top tier long jumper in, in the entire area, um, all year. Uh, all right. And then the two B's, uh, a name I think we've mentioned on here once or twice, Jeremiah newbie who out of Rainier, he throws the discus quite well. Yes. 
Yes, uh, I don't know if I do. I need to add more. I think that's good uh, enough he, for like, Nubby. Look, the guy's going to win discus by fifty feet. Yeah, like you can, like it's fine. We the real talk: talk Will he win in the javelin? Carson Olmstead. Carson Olmstead. It just, uh, I we joked about this before, but you think Olmstead like throws a javelin a foot farther than yeah. Nubby and like big times him? He's like, oh, yeah, he's gotta. Yeah. You'd like to do that, wouldn't you? <laughs> he's got to throw the javelin. I like mean, me? and and to Olmstead's credit, I mean, he's a big kid. You know, he's like yeah. six five. He's well built. You know, it's not like he's like a slouch or anything. But like <laughs> Nubby's just like a titan. You know, I mean, he's yeah. he's out there and he's just enormous. He's just a man's man out yeah, there. They, like they literally have to stop the meat so he can throw. Yeah. and then they're like, yeah. okay, now the rest of you can throw. Right, you're not, you're not gonna hit those runners. Don't worry. Right, so. Um, uh, yeah, Nubby definitely to watch. Rainier, I, I think I mentioned um, Rainier just for a team championship is going to be something to watch. They have a bunch of guys mm-hmm. um, on the boys' side that have a have a chance of doing really well placing or winning. So I think they um, have a chance there. Uh, Jordan, I think it's Kyoche. Um, Kyoche or Kochi? Kochi, something like that. From sure what might pass is one of the best uh, girls to be sprinters in the state. She's got number the, one in several events. Got the best 100 mark for sure, yeah. And 300-meter hurdles, I believe. And okay. then she ranks in the top 10 of the 200, and she's on the second fastest 4 by one team in the state. So uh, pretty good there, too. I forget who else I mentioned. Uh, Addison Hall has the best discus mark in the state, yeah. 126 feet, 9 inches. She the, had a big uh, PR at district. Yeah. Yeah. Asin Hall, she won't go away. Uh, and then <laughs> Lucas Dahl did not qualify in the 100. Yeah, he had a false start. Yeah, um, that sucks. It's kid. brutal. The the rules too. At least so back when I, I I wasn't there, so I don't know exactly what happened. But back when I was competing, the first false start was fine, no matter who did it. They just we did redid it. And then if anyone false started after that, even if you weren't the one that false started in the first one, you're disqualified. Mm-hmm. Um. Which seems like a little, like, seems pretty fair. You know, it's a situation where it's like, all right, you know, you let one slide and then, dude, we really need to do this race. We can't keep fall starting. Yeah. So I don't know if any rules have changed it, if it's one or done, but that's brutal for him because he had, I think, the second best 100 meter time in the state. Yeah, he was very fast. Um, and then one B's, we've got Charlie Carper from PL. Yep. Yep, she's good. I, she has a bunch of top 10 marks. I think she's she qualified in four events. So Top she, 10 in the long jump, 100, 200, and 100 hurdles. Yep. Uh, also from PL, Carter Phelps. Yeah. One of the top hurdles in the state. He's yeah. a sophomore. Second best mark in the 110 hurdles. Third best in the 300 hurdles. Yep. And then Monster X got Tegan Weiss. Uh, she's fast. Top 10 mark in the 100, the 200. She's part of the 4 by 100 relay. And then Monster X got a four by 100 relay team as well on the boys' side that uh, has a top five time. And then do you want to talk tennis? What's going on with tennis? Tennis. Uh, there it's, uh, so we'll start with just with the one A's because they've only got one. Megan Letts uh, undefeated the last two years, I believe hasn't dropped a set this year, is going mm-hmm. over there to compete in Yakima um, against Connell's Ellen Wickham, I believe. And uh, that's a loser out contest. She didn't get a first round by. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So she'll have a chance to to go to state, you know, first time in a while. And then at the two A's, um, Centralia has got a, a boys team, boys doubles team and a girls doubles team that are going. Landon Cout and Brandon Young and Liza Hopkins and Maddie Corwin. And then WF West has one boys doubles team and two singles pairs. 
I believe. They have, on the boys' side, Joseph Chung and Aaron Bogus. Yep. And, and then... Singles players, Joseph. Justin Chang and Javen Han. Yeah. So, yeah, tennis. Tennis. It's also happening. That is happening. And the, the two A's are playing in Seattle up at my old stomping grounds at UW Nordstrom Center. You play a lot of tennis there? No. I covered a lot of tennis there. All right. It's a pretty good venue. I'm not surprised that they host stuff there. They have really nice outdoor courts and they have like an indoor facility too, if it rains, because we live in Washington. So, yeah. All right. Uh, a few things to wrap up. We got some coaching news. Uh, Ken Olson retiring after the end of the season. Uh, he retired from Centralia back in 2010, 2011, somewhere in there, and then took a few years off and then came back to coach PWV. He's been there for five, six years, something around there. Um, yeah, he's been coaching forever. He's won a whole lot of games. He's also done a lot of uh, side work with the uh, Northwest Sports Hub, adjacent uh, softball camps, things like that. Um, Fast Pitch Northwest, I think, was his thing. I'm not sure if it still is, but yeah, nice guy. Sad to see him go. Yeah, um, I think well-beloved well beloved by the community, too. He he was joking with Adna's players throughout, like, the entire game and stuff, so. Well, yeah. Um, he's pretty, I know, obviously, he has, like, grandchildren on the team and stuff, but <laughs> yeah. I, I do think he's pretty, he's pretty well-beloved among He's Yeah, he's community. one of the guys that if you are good at softball in Lewis County, like, you have met Ken. Right. Um, and then the other big one, we haven't had a story on it yet, but I think we probably will as soon as the playoffs wrap up and things like that. Uh, Casey Johnson is heading West moving on. uh, Yeah. He's heading out to Raymond. He's going to be superintendent there. He has been at ADDA since 2002, I want to say. So 20 years. Yeah. During football season, I think he earned his like, God, was it like his 300th or 500th win? It was some, maybe a 100th. I don't know. They, they, it, it broke triple digits. Probably, I wrote a story on it. Yeah, he's he's been up. I don't know about one. Probably 200. Yeah, but he cracked a, a huge milestone. Anyway, he's won a lot of games. Yeah, been a um, stalwart there. Chorus won a state title in 2009. Had an undefeated team. Um, also been athletic director for the last. I don't know, six, seven, eight years years for a while. Um, And going out to Raymond, uh, his, I think he grew up there a little bit. Like his dad was a coach there years and years ago for a while. So, Um, and taking the superintendent job. So yeah. Congrats to Casey. Good for, good for Casey. Yeah. Uh, Off the top of your head, who's your pick for the next ad in a high school football coach? That's tough. Uh, you oh, you haven't been here long enough. It's okay. Well, then uh, give you you give your prediction then. I don't have any idea yet. Actually, <laughs> I, I got I'm the one who's been here. I, I can't got, give an answer, and you're giving me crap. Come on, <laughs> I got nothing. I don't know who's gonna do it. Um, I just don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to say a name and to be like, oh, yeah, he's not good enough for Adner. Yeah. Oh, he's too good for Adner. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't have people around here. There's um, no answer that would be satisfactory. I mean, I think if you're an Adna fan, then your number one thought is like, oh, we'll just go hire Josh Faye. But like Josh Faye's not going to leave. He's not Napa leaving Mine. No. Um, all, his, all his kids are about to come up through there. And I mean, he lives in Adna and he, he's from Adna, but like, I don't heard think it he's here gonna, first. No, I, <laughs> no, no, I know. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, no, I don't know. I, I don't have a good, I don't have a good read on it. I, I think know. it's, I, I, I think it's a weird year to be, to be hiring I, I do think they want to, you want to get someone that's local and, and knows in the area and all that kind of stuff. 
Yeah. I don't think you could do some kind of like national search like Centralia evidently did. They hired the guy from like Tennessee. Like an Arkansas guy. Yeah. Um, um, so. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I assume it'll be a name that like we are familiar with. Yeah. But off the top of my head, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Would they gotta find, they gotta do you find, think Tebolt would maybe be willing to come back? I think he was kind of burnt out from the situation at Centralia. But if he walked into a situation like Adno, or it's kind of a smaller school, everyone loves well, sports Well, he was at there. Toledo before he was at Centralia, too. Right. Um, so he knows the league. I mean, that does, might be a name. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I can't see him. Like, I think he's happy. I think he is, too. Just like, you know, doing car shit. Yeah. It's tough. Living his uh, best life. It's tough being a coach. Yeah. Or AD if if that comes with the job. Uh I yeah, I assume they're gonna hire an AD first and then go from there. Um I don't know if they're gonna promote from within or whatever to fill that job. Um they've got a few qualified people on staff that I'm sure could do it, but it's like AD is a matter of like finding somebody who wants to do it, not somebody that can do it. Right. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But yeah, best wishes to Casey. Um he's always been fantastic to work with. Uh, both as a coach and, and, and as an athletic director. And he's been great too, just with, um, you know, he's helped run a lot of these tournaments just because mm-hmm. he's like the longest, he was the longest tenured AD, I think in the C2B by a lot. Yeah. Um, um, he is also the longest tenured football coach in Lewis County. Yeah. Um, and it's not close. It's him. And then Josh Fay, I think, and Fay took the Napavine job after being an assistant on Casey staff for a few years. So that right. gives you a bit of perspective there. So, um, yeah, just been super awesome. And, you know, I think, um, you know, other teams will miss him too, just for, I, who's going to take the mantle of like running all these things. It's gotta be Josh Fay Now he's going to kind of be like the C2B spokesman kind of guy. Yeah. And like another thing that Casey's always been great at is he's just an all time bullshitter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like you can call him up for a story and talk for 25 minutes and he'll give you every bit of information you didn't know you needed. Right. Um, you can call him about a CTL. I don't know if anyone beats out Henry Gallinger from Centralia (laughs) soccer though. I mean that guy, he, he talked about, he was like, this is off the record, of course, but we're going to go with this strategy against this team. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need all this info, man. <laughs> like I, I didn't even ask. Uh, yeah. Casey, Casey has always been great at like having an idea of how everything else is going everywhere else. Right. Um, like you could call him in the middle of the year and be like, Hey, who's Lind Ridsville Sprague's quarterback? And he'd be like, well, you know, they got this <laughs> sophomore kid coming up. Uh, just, a he just he did a great job of keeping up with things. He always knew what was going on. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's it. We're croaching, creeping up on an hour on this two hander. So it's not like we're not tired at all either. Uh, yeah. You know what though? Only three more days. I, unless I have to drive to Yakima tomorrow. Unless there's <laughs> a lot of rain. <laughs> What, uh, what route are you taking? You going Highway 12? I think we're going to take White Pass, yeah. Yeah, go Highway 12. It's I, beautiful. I took it for, for basketball, and it was clear and, and gorgeous. So it is, it is kind of a beautiful drive. Yeah, it shaves off, like I think, like 30 minutes, too. You don't have to go 90. through Ellensburg. Don't have to go through Ellensburg. Not that there's anything wrong with Ellensburg. Eh, I mean, you know, sure. Uh, stop at the, uh, what's the, the Packwood Brewery? Sure. Yeah, it's cool. I've stopped in there a few times. It's uh, it's nice. It's big. It's in Packwood. Yeah. 
Uh, when you're coming back, you can hit the Backwood Flea Market too. Oh gosh, yeah, take twenty bucks and so leave with memories. So many options. <laughs> you got all kinds of fun lined up for you. Um, and yeah, if you want updates this weekend, Friday, Saturday on softball stuff, uh, Alec, what's do you, you got Twitter? I do got Twitter. It's just my name at Alec, Alec Dietz. It's great. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Super easy. Uh, yeah, we will. Uh, I'll try to be everywhere at once. You have, do. I think we have nine teams over there. 10. If you include Megan Lutz in tennis, she's a team all herself. Kind of. Yeah. Singles you know, yeah. team, I guess. All right, we'll wrap it up there, and you know we'll probably be back next week for a state recap of some pipe. Thanks for listening.